Hello and welcome to another episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese. I'm Deb. And I'm Maria. And here's our podcast. It's for the realistic SLP. Welcome to the show, episode 138. Wow. Can you believe it? Yes, that's crazy. That's wild. How do you feel about that? You know, I I don't know how many feelings I have towards it. I just like, wow, the number just keeps going up. You know, right. Counting. I'm just counting. At this point, it's just like a part of life. I feel like it's the podcast. Yes, we've made it to 138. Yes, 138. Yeah. And more to come. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Um, So Maria, what's going on with you? How's everything? Everything is good. I have my iced coffee with caffeine. I have been drinking Mm -hmm. iced coffee decaf. And you know, I must say, throwing it back to one of our episodes with when we had Kelly on for the complexity approach, we were talking about caffeine and stuff that re-sparked my thoughts about, you know what, why do I even need to consume this much caffeine? And then I gave um, this episode a listen of Dr. Hyman. He's a functional medicine doctor and he had this doctor on and he was saying how wait what's that from functional medicine doctor i will uh, link it in the show notes it's excellent. this is another podcast this that is you're another talking? podcast oh, now okay. this is dr hyman mm-hmm. and he is a functional medicine doctor and they truly believe that food is medicine and coming to the root cause of issues and very mm-hmm. big on the microbiome and the gut and um Right. Even a lot of episodes with autism and how autism is an infl- inflammation in the brain and how much he wishes parents knew about how you really can change some things about how a student is or a patient is functioning by changing their diet and just their lifestyle too. It's not, he's not just about diet. Anyway, ah, let, let's interesting. With, yes, let's stay with SLP's wine and cheese, but I will reference him in the show notes because it's one of the podcasts that I really like to listen. Which, oh. brings, yeah, which brings me to my point of there was an episode, and he was usually has different professionals from the medical field, and someone was on talking about energy and how caffeine masks a lot of issues because, like, are you really tired or are you? you know, or why are you so tired? And like, when you have caffeine, it masks that. So that's inspiring me to get a more authentic picture of how I'm feeling with my energy. So I'm just like decaf all the way. And Mm -hmm. then I'm just like, you know, it's a great placebo effect. The smell is great. The, the texture drinking that, and the, just the habit of drinking coffee alone helps to wake me up. So that's so, what I'm so doing. I feel like you think about caffeine more than anyone I've ever met. Really? You're, well, you're either like drinking coffee or you are like taking a break from caffeine all the time. I guess I'm going to reference it back to Dr. Hyman. Caffeine, everyone thinks it's like great for you. It's not as good as you think. Mm-hmm. So I just want to be very aware of how much I am consuming because I'm going to somewhat segue into teletherapy for some reason, like drinking coffee and having coffee was like, so exciting for me. It was like Mm -hmm. a little bit of a treat. And I think Kelly said the same thing. So her, you know, another SLP shout out right there. There you go. Hey, Kelly. Yes. And you know, of course, speaking of SLP shout outs, SLP shout out to Gina Marie at speech with G the letter G. Hey, Gina Marie. Yes, Yes. She's a great Instagram follow. Mm -hmm. Um, she's always messaging us and liking our posts. So we really appreciate that. Thank you for listening. And thank you for following. 
And she agreed with you when you were like, it's my baby. And I do see Mike is in the background there. However, yes. you are wearing headphones, so he can't hear this right now. No, he can't hear what you're saying, but he is there. Just she's talking about you. Mike's like, what? <laughs> it's my um, baby, too. Yeah, well, so Mike, so what's going on with me, I guess. So Mike and Benjamin today, I went to work um, and then. Mike had to move the car, which is a Brooklyn thing. You have to move the car for street cleaning. Um, so he decided to just uh, park the car at a parking meter and then take Benjamin on the subway to go to Prospect Park. And the boys just had a, a little day. morning for themselves. Yes, they just went around Brooklyn, went to the park, came back home. Um, so that's nice. I mean, I feel like Part of me wishes I was a millionaire so I could stay home with my baby. Mm -hmm. I can but then that. it's also like good to have something else that I'm doing. So I'm not only the baby who's just crying. I heard that. I heard that. Yeah. yeah. But I see you did um, a little wave of your hand as you summoned Mike to go. Yes, but he was already getting up. So I didn't probably have to do that. But, you, you know, fade, I'm crazy. Fade those gestural prompts, you know. Yeah, but I'm crazy. I don't know. Like I just no. get so even when he's like totally fine to do things on his own, I'm still like, ah, baby. Ah, look at um, that. And even as the speech provider, you know, because I, I, mm -hmm. but I'm not a parent. You know, just take mm -hmm. that with a grain of salt. When I tell other parents to wait and just the value of pausing, these are great tips that I remember teaching parents during teletherapy. And yeah. Now, what about you? Did you give those tips? And now that you're in it, you see it's a little maybe. I pause for responses, but when my baby cries, like I run to him and I don't care. <laughs> there, <laughs> like that, there is advice to like wait and pause. There's a book called Raising Baby or Bringing Up Baby. Um, and yeah, they tell you to do the pause. Um, but no, I do not pause when my baby is crying. I go right to him. Um, and I feel like we get less crying these days. He's 10 months old. Um, okay. Now he just kind of goes like, nah, to be like, hello, <laughs> come and get me. It's not it's like crying, crying. It's just like a yell. So okay. like, yeah. Gain but um. It's great. I love having a baby so much. I can't believe he's 10 months. Aww. It's just unfair how fast unfair. it goes. It's like the most unfair thing in life. I think that mm. you just get a baby for a little while, but it's so exciting to see him do new stuff and yeah. uh, develop into a little man. Aww, oh, he's, he's so cute. cute. And he's smiling at his mommy with his daddy. They both look so cute right now. Um, cute. But uh, yeah, I don't just totally wonderful. And that's why I love that. The one thing the pandemic did was give us kind of like ownership over our career. And now yes. I can do teletherapy and stay home yes. and do work while I'm with my baby. And I, I love that. I love that for you. And I'm just mm -hmm. hoping I could potentially do that myself. But, you know, mm -hmm. let's focus on you for for right now for this segment of this check. It is a challenge, though, to do too many teletherapy sessions in a row with a baby at home because he gets very eager for my attention and he sees that I'm like doing stuff and talking to kids. And um, 
I think he just wants in. So sometimes mm-hmm. I think I recommend, which if I could change any of my setup now is I would have a standing desk Ooh, so that I can hold him movement, you know, just right. And standing desks are good for productivity. I believe apparently standing desks are all the rage. Apparently yeah. Ikea has a good one as well. I have heard. Mm-hmm. So I, I stand up and I just tilt my computer up so that the camera is um, like able to see me as I stand. Mm. But there's my there's my baby. There's her baby. I will give the listeners a visual. Uh, Mike is chillaxing on their couch and Benjamin is like on the on Mike's right hand side. Oh, he's sitting up and smiling. Yeah, he's looking at he's smiling. Mike's holding his laptop. Yes, because Benjamin wants to get on the computer. He's very tech savvy. Yes. Do you think, Deb, since you're a parent and an SLP now, with Mm -hmm. the pandemic, our young learners are more akin to and more like looking and focusing on screens? Um, I don't know, because as a whole, when I speak to parents and then I recommend that I can, even as a makeup do teletherapy, mm-hmm. a lot of them are frightened because they didn't all have great experiences with, uh, distance learning or teletherapy. Let's keep um, it real. Let's keep it real. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't see that the kids have now become addicted to, or used to, if anything, it's like difficult for them to remain seated and focused on the screen. Um, for extended periods of time. Right. Right. I, uh, yeah. So I don't, I don't see. And then even I bring my iPad cause I still use boom cards on teletherapy and in person. So I'll Me bring too. my, I love you the do? iPad. Yeah. And I got epic yeah. reading on the iPad. There's like such oh. great books on there. There was all this, there was this one about being angry and it was like a comic book strip Mm -hmm. style and it was so appropriate for one of my students who has these social emotional issues and I was like this is great like I'm not you know you know me in the library like I didn't go to the library to get this book I just take out my app search social emotional because very into that especially Mm -hmm. after this pandemic and we have to remember we're still working with these children who have gone through trauma so Mm -hmm. I'm like let's see what social emotional books they have they have a whole category on epic reading but I'm all about that. That's a good thing yeah. with teletherapy and the pandemic. It really showed us, you know, obviously ownership over our careers, but like different tools now, like, oh, like yeah. boom cards. Oh, this app. Like, yeah, boom cards have now totally replaced apps for me. I feel like, like, I don't mm. go to buy an app anymore. I just figure I can make my own boom cards that that would achieve the same thing. So um, I make a lot of boom cards. Check me out. Deborah Brooks, CCCSLP. Um, in boom learning store and we also have slps wine and cheese boom cards so you guys can find our cards there our decks yes i made one with prepositions in on and off and Uh i'm going to actually use it as an assessment for some of my students i'm going to pull some aside and work with the classroom teacher on this so I clearly am working in person right now and yep. you have teletherapy. So, but how well, I have both, I have in-person have- and teletherapy. Mm-hmm. So I just have one, but I had yeah. teletherapy obviously mm-hmm. as we all did <laughs> during the yeah. pandemic. I don't want to say all except for maybe some hospital based SLPs, right? perhaps still in the trenches, but um, yeah, you really get to see these great tools that you use during teletherapy. Like, how great is this for me to use it in person? And like, even as an assessment format, like, oh, look, 
Let's see if they can identify prepositions. Let's get some baseline uh, information. Let's get some, you know, halfway point uh, data, you know, after right. two, three weeks of this lesson that I've been doing collaboratively. You can use them as criteria reference tests. Yes. Yeah. And you're like, you know, and you could do the field of three, which I like. You don't want to do field of two because that's a 50-50 chance. And mm -hmm. it's like, where is the pig that Deb drew? Very nice drawings, Deb. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like teletherapy, one, it gave speech pathologists ownership of their career. There's now flexibility. If people are saying like, I need therapy, you can say I'm available via Zoom at this point. If you'd like to see me, then absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. Also, it, like Maria mentioned, gave us um, more ideas and using different forms of media in order to um, provide speech. And um, so this seems like a good time to bring up that uh, speech therapy PD has a teletherapy conference um, about continuing the teletherapy journey. Um, and it is a five hour course and it's video and it's going to be March 20th. And there's lots of objectives. I'll read a few. You're, you can identify and use advanced screen sharing options, um, use audio recording tools in creative ways for students, teachers, and parents. You can use animated PowerPoints, describe how to set up telepractice um, successfully for adults. There's 15 objectives. So there's a lot there. Uh, the presenter is Sarah James, uh, Teresa Rogers, Anna Vega, also Genevieve Richardson. So a bunch of these people are going to present on teletherapy. And it's, even if you're not doing teletherapy currently, one, it could give you ideas for you to use in your speech therapy sessions. And two, maybe it'll motivate you to create more flexibility in your career and uh, start working a little bit more via teletherapy. Yeah, why not? Also, just Angelina Ugalde is also going to be presenting. But if you stay mm -hmm. tuned, we're going to have Anna Vagan on the show. I hope I said her name right, but we'll find out more on the interview and she'll talk more. Yeah, I'm excited to hear about that and attend the course. Yeah, same here. Stay tuned. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese. I'm Maria and we have a guest with us here today. Say hello, Anna. Hi everybody, I'm Anna Megan. Welcome to the show. So I would like to get a chance to know you, Anna. You know, fate has brought us together because you are presenting on March 20th at the teletherapy conference. So I was like, let's have Anna on. So now I get a chance to get to make a new friend. Let's get to know you, Anna. So I have some fun questions for you. So tell me, what is your favorite ice cream flavor? Mint chocolate chip. Oh, interesting. I, Easy. I, I saw that in a movie and someone was like, ew, nobody wants to eat ice. No one wants to eat their toothpaste. And I'm like, what? I guess because of the mint flavor. You know, I might have to roll that back, though, because in the town where I live, there's a, a, a fabulous ice cream place and they make a honey, a vanilla honey lavender ice cream that has little pieces of lavender and it is so delicious. I'm going to have to recant. I'd like to re-give my answer as vanilla honey lavender from that Fairfax is, Scoop. What a better answer. That just like went from 
like very basic miner to out out of this planet tell me more about this ice cream you know it's a little shop and it's very narrow the building is very narrow and the line can go around the block i could see that it is an extremely popular extremely delicious and unique and always fabulous it's hard to move away from that vanilla honey lavender although they have lots of other great flavors too wow and tell us again where is this delicious ice it's, cream shop it's called fairfax scoop and it's in fairfax california okay i'm just gonna add that to my bucket list you know I think you should no big deal nbd now if you see things like that i'm like what is that one and i'm like okay nbd no big deal my next favorite question is your favorite beverage well i'm really into kombucha these days Me so too. i would have to say marin kombucha pinot sage flavor I like how specific your answers are <laughs> and delicious. Tell me more. They are also, what, you know, sage kombucha, where am I? I'm like, get excited when I see watermelon. You know, it really doesn't taste like sage. I think the title maybe is more for PR than anything else. Ah, uh, they will. Um, got me. And it doesn't have that fermented taste that some kombucha makes. And when I was growing up, my dad actually had a huge kombucha way before, this was like 30, 40 years ago, when no one else had kombucha. And he would drink a cup of it every day. Wow. That's great. He kept it alive for months, months. Yeah, he was, it's so healthy for you because it's important for those microorganisms and the microbiome and gut health. I'm very mm -hmm. into that. You're nodding in agreement. Yes, I am. I knew you could make it at home, but that's so great. And I, I agree with what you said, like before, like anyone knew what kombucha was, your dad was doing this. My son made some a couple of years ago when he was home. Uh, for a couple of months. And so we had it on the kitchen counter and you have to kind of take care of it and keep yes. it in a little warm blanket around it. And it's just like having a baby. Oh my goodness. This is intense. You have to grow the culture and the bacteria and you have to make sure it's still like not an overgrowth of mm -hmm. yucky bacteria, but I mean, bacteria is bacteria, right? It's all, <laughs> but it's summer, you know, there's the good and the bad bacteria. And you yeah. want balance. You don't want to overpower with the bad bacteria. Anywho, next favorite question. Your favorite movie. Ooh. Um, I know. I'm, I'm a little tough. Well, no, you're, that, that, that is tough. But I would have to say, I hope no one laughs. Okay. Or they do laugh and get a good, you know, have a, have a good laugh. I do like Something's Gotta Give. Okay. With Diane Keaton and Jack Nicholson. That's a good uh, one. But a movie that my family can't seem to ever watch too many times is Father of the Bride. Oh, nice. I like that one, too. So I'd, 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 I'll stick with those two. Okay. All right. So those are solid choices. Some good comedians in those movies. Favorite genre of movies. Does that mean comedy now? It would have to be something that's kind of light. I don't like heavy movies sometimes you know, really depress me and stay with me for very long. And so I've kind of learned 
not to watch movies that I think will be upsetting to me. There's enough in the world to be upset about without finding it in a movie theater. I understand that point. It takes you out of your current living situation, right? Mm -hmm. You get wrapped up in another world. So why not pick a world that's like, oh, this is amusement. This is happy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Next question. Your favorite app. I know. I know. Oh, my I favorite. Just... Oh, oh, I do have one. I do okay. have one. You got one. I thought, I thought you had me there because I'm really not an app person. My husband and my son on their phones have pages and pages and pages of apps. Um, I would have to say it is the Tide app because I recently got a, a kayak. Oh, cool. An, an origami, oru kayak. Oh, and so the Tide app tells me when high tide and low tide are at the creek right nearby where I can go kayaking. That's really fun and great. And I recently yeah. got into kayaking like two years ago. Mm -hmm. So do you go kayaking often since you live? Well, not coast? in winter, not in the winter, because okay. I know, I know I'm, I'm just a yes. baby because the weather that I call cold, you would see it as a balmy day yeah. uh, in Brooklyn. Uh, yeah, but I kayak more when the weather is closer to 70. Right. Which is all the time, right? In San Francisco. Not or... quite. Not quite. 80%. Maybe... Okay. You know what? <laughs> Maybe next week. Oh my goodness. Maybe I'll go next week. This is great. We have like New Yorkers and then we have like West Coast right now. It's great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> East Coast and West Coast. I like it. Yes, it's 9 p.m. at night for me, 6 p.m. for you, which actually, funnily enough, March 20th, the teletherapy conference, right? That is at, we have a very specific, we learned something new today that is at we 9 a.m pacific daylight time never heard that one before it will still just be three hours earlier than on the east coast right right let's not get overly confused just 9 a.m <laughs> pacific daylight time but anyway i know the time zones they can get tricky sometimes if you overthink it just yes just at the end of the day you could use your phone and just look at the world clock just look it up have all the facts so speaking of the conference on march 20th 2022 which is on a sunday i wanted to know more about what you will be presenting on well, one of the things that I love to work in is working with animated videos to okay. support social learning, uh, in part because research tells us that that's a wonderful material to use because we can work on understanding how movement communicates intention and plan. Yes. So I often work with you know, I cruise through YouTube and have hundreds of recommended recommended videos that I like to use. Most of them don't have dialogue. And what we'll be doing on Sunday, on, on the 20th, is looking at how can we, during teletherapy, pull up some really fabulous animated videos and use them to work on social cognition or to work on narrative discourse uh, and even as material to build conversational competence. I so we'll that. talk about a lot of different, a lot of flexibility that we can have 
with these great animations that are fabulous stories. They're realized beautifully. The characters are appealing. The emotions are portrayed with wonderful accuracy. And they're so rich, we can do so much with them. And it's hard to find a student who doesn't want to watch a great animated video. I like this. I have read a lot of research supporting video modeling and especially with children with autism because it'll help them with perspective taking and just mm -hmm. videos and students are very appealed to things like on the screen and the video and they're very engaging. And especially during teletherapy, like you have to compete with so much. Like Exactly, exactly. What's so wonderful also with the teletherapy framework is that you have all the annotations that you can use. So you can have a freeze frame and you can, it, you can make a, a thought bubble or a talk bubble and you can make arrows drawing attention to various things on the screen that you want the student to focus on. Uh, and so it, it's a very friendly material to use when we're working in the format of teletherapy. I love thought bubbles and arrows and all that. I just thought of that today, earlier. My coworker asked me, she's making a social story about personal space. So she asked me like, okay, how can we, like what picture would you put in here? So I said, you can get one person about like arms out, about ready to embrace. And so is the mm -hmm. other one. And then have mm -hmm. like the thought bubble, like, can I have a hug? And then the other person writes, yes. So it's like, he asked, mm -hmm. she said, yes, they're going to hug now. And then maybe yeah. the next page can be like a full hug. Absolutely. And the other thing that's so great about using this material is that we can have students engaged in discussion about all of this abstract information. So earlier today in the therapy session, the group was, we were talking about, well, what defines flexibility? What does it mean to be flexible? And they gave me their ideas. But then we watched a video and we're kind of on the lookout for flexibility so that mm -hmm. when the video was over, they said, oh, oh, let's add to the list. And so they're making observations about the characters and discussing these abstract ideas without having to immediately be self-reflective and focus on themselves. Because for a lot of our students, when we talk about inflexibility, it's not always a pleasant thing to talk about. You know, how were you, I hear you were inflexible at PE, you know, today. Mm -hmm. so we want students to build a comfort level, whether it's talking about these abstract concepts or talking about uncomfortable feelings, to lay the groundwork with characters because then you often have this organic self-reflection where a student might say, oh, something like that happened to me last week, or I felt like that too. And then you're just off to the races because they are introducing their own story spontaneously. And that's ultimately what we really want. I love that. And I love that you have the model of it. Like you do like a little pre-assessment, you know, talk about it and then you mm -hmm. watch it and you're like mm -hmm. removed from the situation. And it's also in a way of like receptive language versus expressive, you know, as a preliminary. So like, let's watch it and see and understand it. And then we could put it together in words like, oh, this mm -hmm. is, you know, this is a time I was inflexible 
when my mom asked me to, you know, pick up my shoes and I said, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So something in that video could have helped spark that memory and that recall. Exactly. Exactly. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Okay. Yes. This is very fascinating. So the videos were you, um, someone who assisted in making the videos, how did I want curious about the videos, if you wouldn't mind to give us a little info on that. Well, for years, already years, I, I watch a lot of YouTube videos. So these are videos that are not created to be social learning, social skill training. I, I tend to stay away from those because I don't find them as. Uh, engaging and as beautifully rendered. So these are made for entertainment. Many of them come out of the Ringling School of Art and Design uh, or uh, Brigham Young University, where these are students who are learning how to make animated videos. And many of them go on to work at places like Pixar, which is just across the bay from here. Uh, And so they're beautiful stories. And so I watch hundreds and hundreds of YouTube videos and only recommend the ones that are the best because there's so many wonderful ones out there. There's no reason to compromise on our choice. Yes. I've worked, you know, I've communicated with a lot of these animators. They are usually very surprised to hear that their work is being used to help students on the autism spectrum or students with twice exceptionality or anxiety. They can't believe it. They're like, really? My little video is being used in this way? And I often send them illustrations that students make about feelings or whatever happens. And so there's that wonderful kind of sharing of ideas and that real collaboration. Um, I think they're really moved. Yeah, it's it's really beautiful. Yeah. It's really, it, it's just lovely. It's, it's just really beautiful. They make beautiful stories. They're, they're just gorgeous stories. Yeah. I've seen some good ones on YouTube too. And they're like, sometimes like, um, no sounds or, I mean, no words. And you could just see how the characters like two penguins. I remember there was one about inferencing and one of the penguins mm-hmm. going up on the iceberg and, you know, you could pause it and talk about it with your students. Exactly. Like make yes. predictions. Mm-hmm. Well, on my website, I actually have many lists of free recommendations oh. of animated videos. Uh, there's so many. I just put out the best of 2021, uh, but I have lists for, you know, if you're looking for narrative language or if you're looking for something with sadness or anger, uh, because they're just incredible wealth of, of material for us to draw from. I'm going to try some of these videos tomorrow. My session. Go for it. Yes. Yeah. You're going to email me your website in case I, oh, I could just Google it, but I will include it in the show notes for our listeners. So our listeners don't have Fabulous. to do any of the work. Her website is in the show notes and I'm going to test it out. So I'm so excited to try your free videos. Gotta Wonderful. love the free content. Thank you Absolutely. so much for My putting pleasure. it out there. Oh, thank you. That was so sweet of you. So before we go, is there any last words you want to get out right before March 20th? I guess I think, well, I hope everybody who's listening attends. Yes. Uh, But I think, you know, what I always try to remember is that we are mediators of social learning. Correct. And what, and the two things I think 
that are most important to remember are to make it visual mm -hmm. and to make it engaging. Absolutely. I agree. I've seen, you know, I'm, I like to say an SLP in the trenches. Yes, please. Absolutely. You need to, and especially with teletherapy still enduring face-to-face -face, of course, but with teletherapy, you have to be more exciting than Netflix, than the iPad, than the iPhone, than music, than going outside all in one. Absolutely. Right. So the videos are excellent, great way to engage the students, teach them appropriate social skills, narrative development, language development, speech articulation, fluency. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything you could do with this. This is excellent. And a great story is a good escape. Yeah. Going and back to our favorite yeah. questions. Yeah. You were saying comedies, stories, yeah. escaping. Mm -hmm. can be a great escape because if, if, and when we're doing teletherapy, it often is a challenging time. It's a challenging time for us. It's a challenging time for families. And it's certainly a challenging time for the students with whom we're working. And if we have the opportunity to take them out of their room, mm -hmm. even by virtue of looking at a screen and feel like we've had an adventure together, that's an you know, excellent point. That can really go far and be lasting even after our sessions are over. Yes, that reminds me of the quote, like, you know, like 50% of what you saw or 70% of what you heard, but like 100% of how someone made you feel like mm -hmm. you will remember that and that helps like mm -hmm. make that lesson that you're teaching them, like solidify and like, pairing that like wow that was great and like i have a real connection with this therapist and that's awesome that's mm -hmm. so great yeah thank you so very much anna for coming on our show i love to absolutely hear from you i can't wait to hear you present on march 20th at the teletherapy conference from speech therapy pd our link is in the show notes but before we end with that do you have a quote to send us off with I think that as clinicians, especially right now, it's part of our responsibility to make our sessions enjoyable because that is the power that we hold to fight that multitasking and that multi-screening. The more that we can ensure that we have engaging materials, that we know what we're doing with them, and that we also have that ability to be flexible in the moment. Yes. Cognitive flexibility. We talk about that a lot, actually, on the mm -hmm. podcast. Like yeah. it's called SLPs, wine and cheese. I don't have, I all I have is water. I was like, I am not going to have any wine or cheese right now. That is just oh. too much on my belly. <laughs> <laughs> I had a big dinner. It's, I mean, it's nine o'clock at night for me right now. So it's like, I got to rest my belly before I go to bed. All right. You know? Well, I'm well, I'm heading home I think for dinner and a glass of wine. So, I'll 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 think of you. Perfect. See, you will have the wine later for the both of us. See, we we exactly. could be we could be cognitively flexible. We don't have to say That's no. Right. We need to have it right here right now. You're going to exactly. have wine for the both of us a little later and feel free to take a picture of it, you know, send it to me in your email <laughs> okay. like here you go, Maria, thinking of you. Thinking of you. Well, Maria, it's been really a pleasure having this discussion. And I really look forward 
to perhaps seeing you in the audience on the 20th. Okay, great. Bye. Good night. Good night. Thank you. All right, everyone, that is the end of this episode. Be sure to register for the teletherapy conference. It is on March 20th, starts at 9 a.m. The link is in the show notes. It's also in our Instagram bio. So register using our link and get some CEUs and have some good times. All right, have a good night and stay safe. Ciao.